Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Welcome to another episode of the Lazy People. With me is, as usual, Metzian. And we have a guest with us. Today, our guest is Balach Husseini. Uh, Balach, can you introduce yourself? So, uh, you mentioned my name already. Um, I happen to be one of your colleagues these days, um, working with you at Unifly as an Agile coach. Um, but I worked in the tech industry about 13 years now as an engineer, as a product manager, leading teams, building new products, um, and recently started my own company as well. That's my tech intro. I'm very much interested in personal development um, and what makes people tick and change their lives for the better uh, and service to the planet and many other topics that we'll talk about. I hope that suffices for now. Yes, for now it suffices. And you do you did mention that um, uh, you're uh, the agile coach uh, at the company that uh, all three of us work at. That's uh, one of the reasons we wanted you on the show because you make our lives miserable at work. <laughs> no, actually, it's quite the opposite, isn't it? Uh, as an agile coach, so um, what, what is it exactly that uh, our listeners should understand that an agile coach does at a company? Different people would have different answers. My answer is simply that it's about collaboration. And an agile coach simply helps you collaborate better using the agile principles. Um, as well as using any of the established um, techniques and methods and frameworks that are available to us, like Scrum, Kanban, XP, which can be prescriptive or non non prescriptive, but it all comes down to how do you foster more collaboration to to achieve the business goals. Um, and in my personal case, I always want to add with uh, increased happiness and satisfaction of the people involved. Okay. Well, um, I have a question for you. So um, imagine two companies, A and B, and they're identical in the, in the tools that they use. They're identical in the, in the type of engineers. For, you know, they're completely identical, except um, in one of the companies, uh, well, they, of course, cannot be identical because I'm going to now uh, say what's different and it's pretty fundamental. Uh, one of them has a uh, culture of happiness and another one has a culture of, let's say, um, performance. Hmm. What, you know, what, what, what do you think? So I'll give you the canned answer first. Um, there's a lot of research that happier people tend to be more performant and productive in the medium to long term. In the short term, it might seem that performance oriented, but happiness to the side, which we basically say workaholism kind of way of working, where people are pushed to the limits, might produce better results in the short term, but in the long term and medium term, it, uh, it backfires quite often. So this is a fundamental difference, as you mentioned, happiness orientation, when done appropriately, and we can talk a bit about it, what that means, will actually um, result in better performance. Performance orientation without taking care of individuals, um, let's say satisfaction uh, or joy in their work um, is, a, is a doomed endeavor in my opinion. 
one way or another, we, we can later talk about examples as well. The, the number of people who burn out at places like Uber and Amazon, these are definitely highly performance-oriented companies versus the number, number of um, happy, satisfied, and equally high-performing people at places like Netflix, which have a slightly different orientation, um, is very, where I would draw the line. Um, happiness, individual happiness, and team achievement is, is how I prefer to look at it not individual performance, not taking into consideration um, the, the entire person um, is often the, the wrong approach. Okay. Uh, you, you immediately uh, picked up on, on what I meant when I said performance oriented. So I'm, I'm glad I didn't, you know, have to, because for a moment I was afraid you were going to say, well, uh, people perform more, but no, you, you understood what I mean, where um, uh, the, the measure of things might be more quantitative instead of qualitative. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, if happy people uh, are more productive, how come there are tons of uh, hi historically old companies where, um, uh, let's take Walmart as an example. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really think, um, I could be wrong. I, I don't even, I've never been into Walmart. You read about Walmart a lot because it is the biggest retailer in, uh, in the United States and probably in the world. So, But the people that work there are not happy, but this is a wildly successful and profitable company. Well, widely successful and profitable um, does also not equate to highly performant company. Um, of course, we would need to conduct our own research or look at the existing research on these companies. But um, I'll give you another example. Nokia was a widely successful company for a long, long, long time. However, towards the end of its years, uh, it got very um, bureaucratic. The performance measures were already in place. There was a lot of emphasis on reviews and feedback and appraisals um, and so on. However, the company um, went down. So um, kind of just because somebody is successful does not mean that they are actually operating at the at their best possible, let's say, potential. Uh, and this is something you, you have to take into account. You can have big companies. Um, you know, Amazon is a, is a beautiful example as well, highly successful. Um, but also they do um, lose a lot of people. Um, however, they have enough mechanisms in place that keep attracting top talent as well as retaining enough of it. Um, so you can you can have a lot of those kind of things. And why I mentioned uh, Netflix, for example, um, Netflix is also highly successful, um, but also from all the evidence and anecdotes that we get from the market, they, they also tend to have a higher employee satisfaction. Uh, they actually get more done with less people. Uh, and perhaps this would be not just in terms of market cap, but this would be another measure to look at per capita, um, let's say ROI. Um, this would be another thing to, to measure where we say somebody is successful, um, but at what cost? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think um, to add, well, to not to add, but actually from from Earl's uh, comments or question, when he mentions that as far as success for a company, uh, a company's sole purpose is profit. And I think that's, that's how he's measuring success. I think that's why he's kind of labeled as successful because they are, you know, returning very good profits, um, uh, you know. So that's, 
you know, um, any other attributes, um, you know, like a happy, a, a company, it cannot serve as a full a happy company. Because it's not an attribute for a company, it's an attribute for people, or characteristic for people. Um, so yeah, that's my, at least, so at least, you know, I can understand when someone says, well, this company is, you know, successful, even if it, people are not happy there, right? Um, but, I think, Med, you, you really got it, like, because what I was t talking about success, I'm, I'm looking at it from a perspective of a shareholder. Um, and um, bluntly speaking, I don't think modern-day shareholders don't appear to be that much interested in whether people are happy unless it uh, basically, uh, you know, feeds in, in a positive way into the, uh, you know, uh, into the profits at the end of the line. So, um, you know, I don't want to get too philosophical, but what is the purpose of a company? Is It's literally to make money, right? That is absolutely true. Um, and perhaps something to be mentioned here, what, what I'm talking about or what we, I guess, are alluding to is a shift in mindset. Um, and the shift says, yes, there's nothing wrong with uh, success. Uh, there's nothing wrong with increased revenues and so on. Um, however, what if you could have increased success and higher revenues with happier people? Uh, and this is something that more and more people start to talk about, um, which was not the case in the past. Uh, we, for a long time, we went uh, with the hierarchical, uh, let's say, pyramid models uh, of success, where success measures are defined by the people at the top and often narrowly um, focused on, let's say, concrete or tangible results. Uh, however, especially in the later, later half of the last century, there's more and more um, talk uh, and also companies who are able to say, well, we want that, but we also want our people to be more joyful and happier and satisfied while they're at it. Um, part of it comes from um, management uh, 2.0, management by measurement part of things where from the original, uh, let's say, uh, Pharaoh's time pyramid systems, um, kind of you had top-down control. Um, and then in the last 200 years with the invention of times and clocks and me management by measurement, we came a bit towards meritocracy. So if you are a better performer than others based on measurement, you go higher, not because you are a closer relative of the, the, the founders or because you have more uh, years of experience, but your performance um, was got measured. Now, over time, we also learned that performance measurement can be easily gamed, as well as there's a lot of politics that goes on in all of these uh, systems. Um, going further than meritocracy, we started thinking about how do you grow people, not just that it's a, it's a rat race, and if you are the faster rat, you get more food and um, get promoted, but perhaps there is one that is slower that is slower because of the system in which it is operating. How do we grow them? Uh, and this conversation around growth, which originates from the business's desire to be more successful, starts to actually bring the, the people part into the picture. And now more and more people with, with all the research, as I mentioned, we start to realize that people who have more job, job satisfaction, people who are growing in their jobs, um, people who are challenged in their jobs uh, tend to be better for the companies and themselves. They get less sick. They um, 
they tend to create a better environment in which they work. They're better for their colleagues. They stay longer. Um, these are all um, elements that if you go to their roots, they're still born from the same desire for the business to be successful. But it ends up helping people and acknowledging that they are people and not mm -hmm. machines working in those systems. It is also coupled with the fact that increasingly more and more jobs are creative and not mechanistic. They are not repetitive. So there's a there's a evolution that is happening as we evolve as as humanity, um, new professions, creative professions, more brain work, machines taking over some of the manual labor, um, that is actually just putting people um, into the centerpiece. Um, and also with all of this comes many options, right? It's much easier for people, especially in the first world, to move jobs. So businesses, um, even if they start from that point of view of how do we retain more employees and increase our um, eventual bo um, bottom line revenues, um, end up doing something good. So this is how I see it. Uh, fair enough. Businesses need to grow and maximize share value, shareholder value. But if we can do it with uh, also employee value, let's let's go for that. Let me let me challenge you. Um, so, what if I say, and uh, just to get your your um, um, reflection on this? So, what if I say uh, it's just this happy happiness of the workplace? It's just a phase that we're going through, and the same. I mean, if we if we go through, and I'm glad you mentioned, um, you know, back all the way to the. <laughs> Uh, the pharaoh and, uh, and and how the pyramid system worked and uh, and and you go through after that and, and you see for example um, uh, you know how uh, we had slavery for example uh, which is really awful right business wise that was probably good for some people right but hey it went on for a long time for way mm -hmm. too long than it should have. It should have never existed anyway, but we do see that evil sometimes makes its way and lasts for a long time. But what if I say now we're just going through this phase of happy, which is something you brought up as well. Huh? We're going through the phase because for a company to be profitable, you need to have, you know, so, so I look at a company like a, it's a, like a transition or it's a, it's a transformation of energy from the employee into profits. And you see that this, now it became easy for employees to simply say, okay, I quit, I go to someone else. Right. And one of the things that to keep people is is that for now we found out that, okay, maybe we can pay them a lot, but that still does not work too good because sometimes someone else could pay more than you. And we said, well, what if we go through the emotional part, which is, hey, what can I make you happy at the workplace? First, it was like, oh, we're a family, right? And now the transition from not a family because people realize like, wait, wait a second. We're good, you know, we're friends, but we're not family. Family is family and work is work. Then he said, well, it is a happy place. Just to kind of scare you, like, well, if you go somewhere else, you may not be happy. It just matters to just keep you, to keep your energy in that company and not somewhere outside. And maybe tomorrow we're going to realize that, well, there's another thing that we could, maybe I'm just saying, have one in mind, but something else other than happiness that's, and that's, that, that would keep people interested in staying. The key is just to keep people staying in one place, whether you are going to tie them to the chair or you're going to give them, you know, margaritas at the desk, right? Whatever it takes. And we found that now we can just, you know, uh, market this happiness of the workplace 
and it gave us good retention rates. Right. Um, I would say it, it is true. It, it is an evolving system and mindset that, that we are working through. Now, you hit a very important point here. And I, I would say what, what my personal belief on this is, for me, happiness is not a good orientation in life. Um, the better orientation is meaningfulness. Um, and again, I don't need to remind you guys and the listeners of this, but there's also a lot of research around that. When people find meaning in what they do, they go the extra mile, they lose less energy. There's still, um, you could say this is perhaps um, the Buddhist, um, enough of the Buddhists or the ones that I know make a difference between happiness per se and joy in life. And joy is a bit closer to perhaps satisfaction and, and peacefulness or being at ease with life. That does not mean that life is easier. It does not mean that um, you are smiling all the time, but that you you have found a bit more of meaning in your life, um, in, in whatever it is, family, service to the planet, etc. But meaningfulness is what actually gives you the, let's say, the longest um, um best results in, in the longest term. Uh, and that to me is, is really a very good orientation to have. Now, how does this translate to workplace? Um, there's, a, there's a wonderful book, Drive by Dan Pink, um, that I would highly recommend people to read. Uh, and in it, he, he has many examples and uh, they, they touch upon a lot of research around incentivization. So giving people more money um, actually ends up um, in lower overall results um, because people end up then associating that um, with the with the meaning and that is actually never quite meaningful um, however what actually gives the best results is this meaningfulness uh, and they translate it into um, three distinct parts of it so purpose uh, is one of those when you feel you're contributing towards a purpose or the purpose of the venture that you are in, whether it's a, it's a tech business or a, a mom and pop shop around the corner or, or a food truck or anything, uh, when, you, when you find purpose in the work that you do, your overall satisfaction increases. Um, when you feel that you have enough autonomy, that you are able to make certain decisions, not necessarily all, and especially when you talk about organizations, we, we do have, let's say, a distribution of decision-making, um, if not labor. Um, but if you feel enough autonomy, um, um, then your satisfaction and, and performance also increases. Um, if one of these is failing, if you have a lot of autonomy, but you don't align with the purpose at all, you don't feel fulfilled. Um, if you are fully aligned with the purpose, but somebody else is dictating all your moves, that is, you don't have autonomy um, or freedom, freedom in simpler terms, um, you still don't feel satisfied and your performance as well as um, your life satisfaction goes down. And then the last one is mastery, that you feel challenged, that you are growing in what you do, uh, that it is not easy or all the same all the time. If you have these three ingredients, this is the best possible recipe for any individual and um, and then businesses, which are groups of individuals aiming at a, at a shared goal. If you have all of these, you have the, the most meaningful um, work um, or task um, or, or, or goal uh, to aim at. These are, these are probably the best, um, let's say, um, 
ingredients uh, they, they are proven to be the best in ingredients to get the best out of people which also translate very much to meaningfulness in life um, so perhaps we can leave happiness aside because it it has different connotations for people um, but if you have meaning you will work through anything and you will still feel happier overall or more satisfied you will probably achieve more and you will also create the environment in which other people can thrive so <clears throat> purpose autonomy and mastery yes um can we make this more concrete um so um let's say you walk into a company um and um you want to rectify things uh how do you add purpose how do you increase autonomy how do you create challenge so it's a very good question um perhaps i'll i'll give a bit of a theoretical answer and uh, would be amazing if you can bring it down to real examples as well um purpose um Let's just say that things are fairly simple if we don't make them too complicated. Purpose is, um, in simpler terms, it's the intention or the goal. Now, every business starts with an intention. Um, let's say your intention is to, you're operating a food truck and your intention is to bring better food to people. Oh, this is, is this the why? <laughs> this is the why. This is, this is the why. Synex why, yeah. Okay, this Indeed. is purpose. Yeah. Why do you get out of bed? What what is what is the 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 thing that you are aiming at? That is the purpose. Now um that's when we put it in these terms, it's not that hard to to proclaim. Now you might not but find the right think, words. But speaking of, of purpose and, and why you get out of bed, uh do you think for purpose to translate into the employee, there should be an alignment between the purposes? Maybe like when you said why do you get out of bed my uh, the first thing that popped in my mind was well my kids wake me up and i need to go make breakfast mm -hmm. <laughs> so that, that's that's what they, you know uh drags me out of bed but um what if my purpose in life is something completely different and i just you know uh it doesn't mm -hmm. have anything to do with my work um it doesn't have to be the same um, I guess that's that's what you're asking, and you already partly gave the answer as well. Um, it has to be aligned. There has to be enough overlap, and it definitely shouldn't be going in the opposite direction. Um, so if you if you are somebody who strongly believes that smoking is really bad and um, the big conglomerates with the advertisements and lobbies are doing humanity a disservice, you should not be working at Philip Morris. Um, there's the, the purposes are going in the opposite direction now. Um, but if you are somebody who um, who is driven by creating ever better um, tech products or apps, if you are if you are an app developer, um, you could go and work at Netflix or Amazon or or WhatsApp or or any of these companies where the company's bigger purpose might include a number of things. However, you have some overlap where in your work you have some alignment where you can say i i get a chance to 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 build a better more beautiful elegant simpler um, um create user experience um apps so as long as there is some alignment you have the the basics established um the the bigger the alignment the better you might be building a um perhaps you you go and work at 
um, Tesla or some of the other companies where they're working on solar energy and making that more efficient and easily accessible and using less minerals coming out of the earth. And your purpose is to make the planet um, a bit of a better, cleaner place um, and not spoil it uh, with the old technologies. There's a much stronger alignment there um, if you work in, in that sort of environment. So it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but there has to be some alignment and it cannot be total opposites. Um, would this not create uh, polarization? Meaning, meaning um, uh, the way I see it, like it may end up in having a group identities instead of indiv individualism, like being yourself. Uh, for example, you're going to end up with this company has just this, this mindset, uh, all the same, and another one completely opposite, which is almost like what we see on Facebook, for example, right? Right. It just causes this, this two, you know, uh, or, or, or multiple sides to kind of grow with just, you know, fueling the same the same ideas that's in between them, not not even being exposed to other things. The only way to know about the other thing is that's the enemy or that's no, that's not me. Would that not happen for these companies if I say, well, I I I think smoking is bad. I won't I won't work for Philip Morris. Um, for sure, for sure, there, there is going to be that. And if you play this out, let's assume everybody only works for for companies that where their where their purposes or values are are aligned. Um, you would definitely have polarization, but you would also have a much happier planet. Um, would it be? Would it be happier? Would it be a happy place if if we have if we have polarization? Um, because what the, the, I think, the problem can I, is this. Can I interject? Because one sure. of the questions I want to ask was, um, so um, let's say you can't find your purpose at the company and you come in as an agile coach and you look at this individual and you're like, look, it's just not aligning. Would you suggest letting go of that person? Just because, you know, met on your question of polarization, maybe one extreme of the of the spectrum should just leave the company then. I'm just trying it to the yeah, extremes so in my examples. I'll, like... I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. It's easier if I disagree with Balach on something. It's easier if I if if we if we kind of have that conflict, just you against me, right? That discussion, or if, even if we have to go fight outside, right? At least just you and me. Instead of me coming with a group, an army, and you come with another army, that's war. That's not like a discussion anymore. This is where the problem with polarization, in my eyes at least. Huh? So but you do this you actually does happen at companies eh, where two um, opposite views they they battle for control and then you know it shifts the the culture and the direction and the vision of the company. This, this actually happens, I think. Well, again, I'm I'm just I'm just taking I think taking the idea a bit further. I'm, I'm assuming here that the company itself it's it's they all hire the same type of mindset or just the people that feel the same way, share the same values, and are not exposed to other or or anything that's different. Well, you're not a good fit. Which yeah, it sounds like when you say it like this sounds good, but it might have it might have like long term negative effects in my opinion. So I'm I'm not I'm not quite sure if it would have long-term negative effects. Maybe we can unpack it a bit later. However, a, a high alignment in values is always a great thing because it brings the best out of the individual. That, that there is a high level of commitment. Now you can 
you can also disagree and commit on smaller decisions. You can, you can disagree on how you might carry out those values. Um, um, and that, that might even come to a point, um, um, where you might want to separate from the company or the company might want to separate from you. Um, so my point of view on, on Errol's question where, where you don't see that you can align, um, and you don't see a way that you can commit. Um, to the to the overall objective, even if it's small disagreements, it is absolutely um, the right thing and probably the best thing to to help the individual out. I don't call it letting go um, because for me it is part of being honest uh, and open um, and real. That you might not be a fit right now, you might be a fit a few years down the line. Um, the the tech world, especially, is, is a pretty small and highly fluid uh, environment. So the, the, the best humane thing, human thing to do would be to, to help the individual to, uh, to a place where they feel more, much more fulfilled. Might be a different department, might be a completely different company. Um, and especially if this disagreement or non-commitment leads to negative situations, then, um, then you have to, uh, to separate. Now, you might still have disagreements on other things. This is where the autonomy comes in because there's millions of decisions that need to be made any uh, any given day, um, any given year in a, in a small or big enough company. Uh, mastery would ask people to, to try new things as well uh, if you want to be challenged and growing. So there will still be a lot of variation in the system. There will still be uh, a lot of um, discussion and things that are changing. Just the, the alignment on values does not mean that you will have a uniform group at the end of the day. Um, you, you can do it absolutely the wrong way and say you have a highly aligned um, group of people who want profit at all costs. Uh, and then they're also highly aligned on how they're going to achieve it. And they're also highly aligned on uh, exactly um, how they will make the decisions and so on and so forth. That would be a place with low, low variability and low diversity. Those kind of companies tend to go out of business pretty fast. Um, you know, if you have, um, the, the funny example that comes to my mind is, I don't know if you watch the documentary Fire Festival. Um, that's a, that's a tightly knit group of people who are highly aligned on maximizing their own profits, uh, at whatever cost to anybody else. Well, in their case, six months, eight months, I think it went on for about a year before it imploded. Um, in other companies, it can take six months, a year, depending on the, on the scale, depending on where you start from. Um, but those kind of things implode very fast. In a, in let's say the majority of cases, there's still plenty of variability and diversity. And if you actually pay more attention to it, you can still have a lot of diverse set of opinions on how to realize those values. Um, and that is a good thing uh, for the world. Now, assuming that it is not the case and people then end up leaving because they just can't uh, commit, even if the values are aligned, that's where also a lot of variability comes in. You know, the, the people who, um, who, who leave um, Google's autonomous unit and go work at Uber because they believe they can do autonomous driving better um, or people who go to Amazon or different places. Um, it just gives actually for, for, the, for the world as a system, that's the level that's operating at, not at individual or smaller sets of uh, groups of people, but on the overall level, the system profits from this. Anytime there is a disagreement, uh, especially on values, the rest of humanity still profits, even if in the short term it may seem very bad for the company. 
So the, there, there are different levels where, where this plays out. Um, on, on a smaller group level, it might still break some hearts. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're talking about aligning values for the, for the matter of purpose. So um, this uh, implicitly assumes that the, the organization uh, has a purpose and values. Indeed. Um, they always do. They, they can get confused like people. Um, we can go through long periods of confusion in our life where we can't quite clearly state what is it that we care about, what is it that drives us. Um, we, they can get stressed, um, uh, in which case they will make all the wrong decisions that seem to go against um, their, their purpose, uh, even if it is clearly stated, um, if you look at it from the outside. Organizations are just groups of people. Um, there can always um, be lack of clarity, uh, self-sabotage, um, mm -hmm. all sorts of things. Um, but there's always a reason. There's always a reason why you, you choose to do this thing. Uh, it can get lost quite easily because we get distracted, um, which is why everybody's on the mindfulness bandwagon these days. Um, <laughs> um, but there's always a purpose. Um, you know, I was give, go, going to give you a counterexample, and then I start thinking about it, and say, it's absolutely not a counterexample. It actually feeds exactly into what you're saying, and my example is going to be armies. So, mm -hmm. see, well, armies, you know, you don't have autonomy, and you know, your purpose is just, you know, do whatever you're told. But then, the more I think about it, no, actually, um, people that join an, an armed forces, they're they typically have certain values and convictions, um, whether they are, uh, you know, you might call them nationalists or, or patriots. Um, they, it draws a certain uh, type of people. Um, and then um, when you look at history where uh, there are many examples of, of a smaller army that by all measures should have lost the battle, goes ahead and, and gets this victory because they had what? They had conviction and a purpose. Because the the soldier who actually believes in in the cause that they are fighting for is prepared to die, whereas the other one who's just there for their salary, mm -hmm. they'll just say, "Well, <laughs> I'm out. Like you know, I'm not getting paid enough for this." Um, so uh, there you go. That I, I was trying to sabotage you, but uh, <laughs> I failed. <laughs> My pleasure. Okay, so. Um, we, we talked about uh, purpose and adding purpose and, um, you know, maybe let's also talk about autonomy and, and mastery. Um, so you walk into an, into an organization and people are aligned with the company. The company has a vision. They know what they're doing, why they're doing it. But um, it's sort of like a, a ticket churning business where this is what you got to do. This is what you like. The decisions are top down. Um, mm -hmm. Why should this cause problems because you work at the company like take the the, the example of the army yeah you, you don't have that much autonomy like you i tell you march and you march but you'd, you'd be happy to go and and uh and die for that organization or what it stands for so is is autonomy maybe overrated as long as you feel like there is the purpose in what you do, maybe you don't need that much autonomy because you feel like, oh, everything I'm doing, you know, makes sense to me. I don't get to decide about it or. Yeah. So 
That's that's a very interesting example um, because in in modern age armies are becoming redundant or diversifying as well. Um, it's not just about warfare, but also about building bridges um, and saving people from disaster areas. But let's let's assume that um, that you are still in that warfare mode, or perhaps let me put it this way: RBs are a special type of organization where you need highly coordinated uh, efforts to create the impact they need to create. In the case of a war, um, people deciding things left, right, and center is probably going to disperse that army much faster and make them lose the war. So the need for highly coordinated action and dependable action is much higher in armies than it is, let's say, in a, in a modern tech company doing a web product, software as a service. You know, very different parameters. Uh, on one hand, you very much can can modify things, update things, revert things. In the case of the army, you know, you you cannot pull back the the rounds that you fired, uh, and it is much harder when you have advanced into enemy ter- territories. So the need for highly coordinated action is way way higher, and that is why the training for the same is much more disciplined. However, armies also continue to evolve. Um, I believe the in modern times the Prussian army, the the early German armies, those were the, that was one of the the first um, well coordinated, well organized and trained army. Um, but since then, many things have changed. Um, you you don't just uh, leave the nursing part to the to the weak ones and um, and non male uh, parts of the population. Now you have the medical staff within armies. You have um, the, the technology parts, um, you have trainings, you now have mindfulness coaching for the, the Navy SEALs. Um, armies are also evolving and there's, there's the learning part and the improvement and changing part that is also happening in parallel to the disciplined, I say march and you march kind of a thing, because both have to work together to achieve the high impact that they need to create because uh, in the moments where it is most needed, it is literally a matter of life and death. In those moments, that is exactly what you need. Um, for the rest of us, autonomy um, means much more creativity. Uh, for the rest of us, creativity is much more important than highly coordinated, um, high impact uh, effort in a short time. But do you think, by the way, um, very good point, but um, I want to rephrase the question to... Um, so you you sum up purpose, autonomy, mastery in that order. So I'm thinking, is there some kind of uh, more weight on one of one or the other? So let's say you're working at a company, your purpose completely aligned, um, and you, you know you you believe in the values, but you have zero autonomy. Versus you work at a company where you have a lot of autonomy, and you know, like whatever, we no clue what we're doing here. So um, which one seems worse to you? Like I. I know you could say like they're they're both bad, but could you say like this one is worse? Like which one to make a, a company successful has more weight, purpose or autonomy? Um, I believe purpose. So purpose and no autonomy, or no purpose and full autonomy, um, they will both eventually fail. Um, however, if you have high alignment on purpose. Um, it means high alignment on um, or high level of commitment. Um, and if you have a high level of commitment, usually you will be willing to go to counseling if you need to, 
to get on the same page and make decisions that are good for for each other. Um, if you have alignment on values, you might go through very difficult conversations and still eventually come out the other end that is that is good for you and good for business. If you don't have that, then in 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 our modern, volatile, ever changing, plenty of options world, um, the house of cards will fall fall much uh, much faster. So for me, the the second one um, is worse in that case. Uh, Matt, can you imagine uh, a hypothetical situation where um, you work at a company and you really, really, really believe the things that the company believes in? It's almost like you are a founder of that company. Like this is speaks to you personally, but you're just doing tickets versus you know you're just working somewhere and you just do whatever you want at that point. Like how as a as a developer. Um, I know they are both very extreme, like they're caricatures, but uh, w what's your vision on this? Um, so, yeah, it's a bit, um, so I think, I think I, I would say, well, <laughs> I don't think I have an answer. It's similar to, you have to have kind of a, a mix of the two. If you just have one, you're still going to end up not, um, um, uh, satisfying um, um, your 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 existence or success. Um, so you, you need to have both. But the, the, I had a situation actually. Uh, so I worked for a company, and you know I got along with everyone, and everyone got along with me, and it was really a good rapport with everybody, right? Like you know. And one day I said, "Well, yeah, I'm leaving," and all of a sudden everyone like looked at me completely, you know, strange, right? Like, oh yeah, I was like almost like the enemy at that point. Uh, and and this was, this company was, was a lot of bond, like a lot of, again, we, we, we hang out, we laugh, we, you know, it was a lot of that. And this is for me saying I'm leaving as if I'm, I betrayed them, you know? So, so I think there was that alignment that we talk about, there was, but, the behavior of the colleagues once they heard that I would leave made that change. So the company's purpose didn't matter anymore, or was it? You know, it's tribal uh, behavior. Yeah, and that's that's my fear with 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 um, with having people that align too much. Actually, that's why I'm, I'm I, have, I have that well, not a fear, but uh, I think. It, could end up in, 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 in negative things. I, I really like your example because I literally just wrote it down as, okay, we have purpose, autonomy, and uh, mastery. But is there a fourth pillar uh, or a fourth dynamic, which is um, friendships or, or uh, bonds between, between your colleagues? Because um, keep in mind that um, if you're suffering through a job, like I, I've worked terrible jobs, like really horrible jobs as a student, for example. Um, and uh, the, the only thing that keeps you going is your friends. You're suffering together and you turn the sufferable job into enjoyment because you're laughing, you're making fun. But if you look at it objectively, you're, you're maybe washing uh, dishes in an industrial kitchen and it's like the worst, you know, it, it's not a fun thing to do, but you're just having fun together. And that makes you go back, not because you like the job and you're not aligned. Like my my dream in you know my purpose in getting out of bed is not uh doing uh dishes in an industrial kitchen but you know you 
you look forward to seeing those people. Is is that the fourth pillar, maybe, Balaj, that uh, Matt just uncovered? I think absolutely. Um, I, I would say that when when the behavior of colleagues changes when you want to leave, that means the one of the values of individual um, um, happiness or individual decision-making was compromised to begin with. So that, I wouldn't say this was too aligned a company, but there was one value that was never acknowledged. Um, and uh, the way I say it often is uh, for teams uh, or companies, one of the best way to look at it is individual happiness and team achievement. Um, so if at any moment one compromises the other, um, you might think about um, leaving. But coming back to this, the fourth pillar, um, if we set it aside um, from purpose or value alignment, the thing is we as human beings are belonging beings. Um, a sense of belonging is one of the biggest indicators of overall health and life satisfaction. Um, if we don't feel we belong, this is how we choose our friends. This is how we choose the communities that we that we work on. Um, and if you have a company where everything else seems to be good, but you don't get a sense of belonging, um, you would still not be um, happier. Uh, uh, you would still be miserable, in fact. Um, one of the... One of the most incredible things I read quite some time ago, and I don't remember the source, was you can have highly competent people, but if you isolate them, their performance and life satisfaction goes down um, on, on all counts. They, they start to get sick. They, they start to develop all sorts of health problems. They, their communication ability, their ability to take good decisions, all of that goes down because of the isolation. Um, and isolation is the opposite of being in a situation where you feel that you belong. Um, so this this might as well be um, um, worth giving it a, a fourth slot, a seat on the table, and say this is perhaps um, one of the one of the most important parts of the the picture. Um, a For sense me, of belonging. I, I'll I'll talk about me personally. For me, um, if I think about it, it is literally the most important thing. To, to stick around in a company is it you know like you could be working uh, uh doing a labor job in a factory you know filling trucks and it's hard labor and you get back aches and you know uh you're, you're sweating because it's 35 degrees and the sun is hitting the container and uh it's horrible you get 15 minutes breaks uh every three hours and the it's it's almost a dictatorship, like the 16th minute will already be a deduction from your pay, etc. But you got good company with you. It's it's almost like being in one of those slave ships, you know, you're rowing. But as long as the, the people on the bench with you are okay, you're like, oh, okay, you know, this is, you know, it's sufferable. Whereas maybe the guy beating the drums, he doesn't get whipped, but he doesn't have anybody to talk to. So maybe he's more miserable than you are because at that point, you know, you, you know, you're uh it's not physically and, and mentally like physically it might not be the best place to be in but you're surrounded by friends indeed um and um let's say just just to give it a contrast you might have people who are highly individual um who value freedom and self-expression um they might be in the in the opposite camp where if you're in that galley and you're rowing and you get an opportunity to go on the deck and perhaps steer the ship every once in a while and that is what you prefer, that you would take that at, at the first opportunity. So you value something different. 
But if you are somebody who values um, family or friendship um, or a tightly knit group of people, you would absolutely sit there and stay there and fight for your friends and not leave um, unless they they get the same treatment um, that that you might get that that you consider to be good. So it is it is a different value or emphasis on a different value, but um, but belonging seems to be very important for all of us, even for highly individual um, individualistic people. Uh, it might be wanting to belong in in an exclusive group of people. It might be dependent on your upbringing and your characteristics and and your personality where you, you know, um, leaders, for example, leadership is often a very lonely place to be in by definition. You, you are with the group, but not quite. You, are, you, are, you have one foot in the future and one foot in the present, and you're, you are perhaps the first risk taker and pioneer and explorer. Um, but then the value is, uh, the value that you emphasize perhaps is by taking those risks, risks you bring the group forward. Uh, even if it at times may seem to put you in a very lonely place or, or alone place. So you, you, you still care to belong, but perhaps in a different formation or a different constellation. Um, um, yeah, belonging is, is extremely important. That, is, that goes to the core of who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, are you going... Yeah, because I was gonna also make the the link between armies and you know yeah, well, others. I, I did, <laughs> so I did, I, but I just saw you were reaching for your microphone. So I, I, I um, yeah. When you, I, I have a little comment about armies, right? So uh, when we look at armies, we that goes to goes to show you that um, there are other systems that could work, right? Uh, it does not. So that what works for companies. Um, uh, or basically, um, you could have a certain way without happiness. Uh, let's, let's say I know we're trying to deviate from that word because it means different stuff to different people. But um, so you could have other systems that would work that would achieve um, their, their 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 global their bigger picture um, without having that happiness. Um, and that that's also I think the reason I bring this up is just I think it's kind of illustrates a bit or supports the claim that maybe this is just a phase that companies are going through now and we are marketing this happiness but just yeah the yeah because i thought about the the case of armies and 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 specifically right so again in the army it's like you cannot say oh yeah i don't feel like you know working today no Mm -hmm. you have to work and for companies like to make you say well i don't want to work here anymore they say hey this is a good place look we give you this 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 and that you know and we're going to go on a trip uh, you know uh, in two weeks right so you feel like oh yeah this is good i'm not going to go so the purpose is just to keep you to be able to transform your energy into profits mm. i think but uh, to me if i may i think for me it's i i get it matt but the purpose i think that is that if you have a purpose and you believe in that purpose, you'll actually not want to leave is the, is the idea you want to be there. But then I also agree with you, Matt, in terms of um, that maybe this is something modern and we just use the modern workplace to keep people around. But think of the, of the 50s. Uh, 
you know, I, again, I, I wasn't born in the 50s. I'm, I was born in the 80s. But the 50s are described, especially in the United States, as, as a period of uh, uh, enormous economic growth, enormous uh, potential. Um, people, you know, they do blue-collar jobs. They go work in a factory. Um, there's a single income. They, they buy a, a five-bedroom uh, house. They have two cars. Um, and uh, everybody looks back at those years as, as a golden age. And I don't think anybody working there had any other purpose than you know, I'll just uh, work, make money, and, and feed my family. And they were happy. Um, and they went to work happy, not because they aligned with the uh, with the vision of the company to, to, to build cars. Let's take Ford for an example, because, you know, automotive was a, was a big player in, in the United States post-Second World War. Um, so back in those days, we didn't need to have this discussion because the pay was good, the, the, the social balance was good, um, and now look at 2021 where, you know, you, you need to have, uh, uh, if, if you're in a relationship, uh, both partners usually need to make a living, uh, to make a living. Um, you don't have the ability to just, like, buying a house is not as simple as it used to be back then. Buying a car is not as easy as it was back then. And... As you're living through this more difficult um, time, uh, of course, companies are going to try to make you feel happy about your work because it's become so in- all-encompassing in your life. Whereas life used to be uh, work used to be a part of your life, now it seems like life it is what's left for you after work has consumed everything, both for you and your wife or your partner. So you don't have, like, let's say if my purpose is, is if my purpose in life is to go and explore nature, you know, at what times? Like in the weekend, after 6, 7 p.m., like I need to take a day off. I need to, no, like you could say, you need to find a job as a, as a forester. Yeah, but that's not very realistic or, or practical. So, and then you could say, okay, but, you know, go back further than the 50s, go back into slavery or even, you know, in those type of uh, constructions, you didn't, you also didn't have purpose aside from work. So maybe the whole problem is that we we work too much and that's why we need to even have this discussion about do I have a purpose in my work? Maybe work should just be something you do and then you, know, you seek purpose someplace else in life. I think that that could be something that works. Um, however, I do disagree on a few things what you said, but uh, let's, uh, let's agree on the fact that life used to be simpler and it tends to get increasingly complex, especially for us human beings, um, in that we have a lot more variables. We have a lot more input. There's a lot more available to us than was to our parents and their parents. And uh, going further back where you had a society where your role was already determined at birth. Um, You were born in a farmer family and you were going to farm the rest of your life. Now that world has changed and evolved. Uh, It is a lot more complex. We we have a lot more learning opportunities or self-learning opportunities even available as well as it's easier than ever again in the first world. Um, to to start businesses. Um, So it definitely puts a lot more um, pressure on us. Um, 
anytime you have too many variables, uh, basically no variables, known situation, zero stress, um, business as usual, but also not very fulfilling uh, because we are also exploring, pioneering, risk-taking beings. Um, had it not been for the first ones um, in Africa to look beyond the horizon, we would not have grown uh, as a species. So there's a part of us that that needs a bit of that variation. Um, it tends to um, increase ever more, um, which does mean that that we have a lot more pressure um, just in the way our society is organized, but just in the way also our personality is organized. Uh, and when it comes to personality, some poets have said it much better, and I paraphrase, in each one of us, there's multiple personalities or multiple beings, mm -hmm. which are always competing for space. And one of the bigger tasks for us uh, as this 21st century beings um, is to actually bring them together um, and um, and be able to unify them to some extent to continue moving forward. Um, otherwise, it just gets too much. Whenever you have that, that means the the need to feel who we are as individuals and our place in society um, that was previously defined by the circumstances. Now the onus is on us, um, which adds more to it. So purpose definitely is a modern day problem, as you say. Um, but it is also a very relevant problem because if you don't have that, you feel lost. Um, now the, Look, the... I'll be quite frank, uh, and this might uh, change uh, everybody's opinion about me. Um, but um, if somebody were to come to me and they say, you know, we're going to give you X amount of money, which is like really, really a lot of money, and you get a fair job, and by fair I mean, you know, it it doesn't have any um, unnecessary stress that you know it's not on you, like. I don't want autonomy. I don't want mastery. I can just do my job. It's a job I do. And I'll seek my purpose elsewhere in life. I'll, I'll, I'll work fewer hours. Instead of doing 40 a week, I'll do 15 hours a week. Wow. I would never leave that company. Never. I would fight to the death to keep that company going. If you know Especially what I mean. If the pay is good, you can go buy purpose somewhere else, right? Yeah, you, you know, it's if, an if order it's online. You, everybody's looking at, you know, oh, uh, how can you find purpose in your job? But why not? Why wouldn't the company allow me to find purpose in life? And, you know, 15-hour work week, um, 10 times the wage I make today. And you look at me doing like, you know, anything in my capabilities to make sure that company succeeds and stays alive. Well, look, you, you already you already got a bit of alignment on your values with the 15-hour work week and a good pay. Um, so I, I disagree with you when you say this is not an alignment to begin with and you find it elsewhere. However, it, it is an important thing that you mentioned. Our purpose in life is much bigger than, um, than just the alignment of purpose with a company. Work tends to take a big part of our modern-day life. Um, it also did in the past. But family also had a lot more space. Now, in the last mm -hmm. century, especially in tech, we also started with glorifying this kind of uh, workaholism. You know, mm -hmm. People working 60, 80 hour, 100 hour weeks, and that is what defined their success. Now we are starting to track back from that. So it is not that you will find your purpose in your work. It may be that your, your purpose lies in serving humanity in other places. And that is why you take on yeah, perhaps ever more difficult jobs so you can earn more money. 
and then you get to a certain point and you say, well, now I need time to go back to fulfill that purpose. So I take a difficult job, but with more time available to me. So your purpose may be realized in different places. It doesn't have to be just at the workplace. And this is, again, a very important point uh, and a shift in our mindset. Just the fact that you say this, um, perhaps my parents or my grandparents wouldn't even find the right words to say this. They would be like, just go do your job. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, Here's the thing. The only reason I work is to get money. I don't want there to be any illusions about that. My dream in life is just to sit around and do absolutely nothing unless I feel like doing something. And that could be just sitting in the garden, maybe drinking some wine, smoking cigars, reading books, but I can't. You know why? Because I got to pay bills. I got to pay a mortgage. I've got a family to feed. And that's something that maybe we overlook too much in today's society. You know, this whole idea of oh, let's talk about, you know, mission and vision and purpose. No, buddy, like our purpose, etc., could be completely aligned. You stop paying me, I'm leaving. So... And also with, with Simon Sinek's, you know, start with why. I'll tell you what I start with why. I want to make money because I don't want to work. How's that? And all, all the things around, I think it's just circus. Well, uh, we need to be able to say, you know, it's, it's with these recruiters. Like they, they don't want to start with how much it pays or, you know, you, you're not allowed to ask how much something is worth. No, I'm giving you the most important thing I have, which is my time. So you better tell me how much you're going to willing to pay for my time. So when you tell me, you know, the incentive of money, yeah, it doesn't do much. I would say I disagree with that. But I, I, you know, if I disagree with Philip Morris's worldview, but they say, you know, we're giving you a hundredfold increase of your wage, I'll say, yes, sir. You know, let's, <laughs> let's. Spread the tobacco around the world. And as a smoker, I wouldn't be a hypocrite about that. But isn't this something as a society we need to also puncture this taboo about money? Well, uh, yeah, if, if I'm... <laughs> <laughs> you took the mic and you just ran away with it, man. It's like... <laughs> me and then Balatron want to get just a couple of words out, but, you know. So um, here's what I would say. Um, a lot of people are going to relate with you, uh, a lot of people are going to behave the same as you. Um, it is a bit of a reality. It's sad, but it's a reality. And this is what you mentioned earlier, how people back in the day, in the 50s, for example, um, they could, you know, when, when, when the terms, I guess, the, the American dream was coined, you know. Um, but now, yeah, what I say is like human beings got you know, screwed over in a sense, right? Because um, you have to have two people working and we, we think we have to have two people. We don't have to have two people working. If everybody also said, okay, one person is going to work in the family, but the same day, everyone, just one person is going to work. Meaning to get you to work, we're going to have to pay you twice. Or the things in, the, if, if we pay the same price, the things in the market are going to cost half the price. It's going to balance itself. But anyway, we get into this, this illusion that, oh, yeah, if you two people work, they bring more money and you can do more with life. And everything else got more expensive. And yeah, now you have to have two people working. So that's just, that's, that led to, the, but now everything that you measure, you measure with money. And I think the only time when we saw it different in late, lately was in the Brexit. 
because people did not vote because of money or because of the economy. They voted because of some other reason, whether it's good or bad. He said, look, we want Brexit. And it happened, right? So, but for you, you you have the measuring, the scale, right? The, the, what, what you weigh everything is money. Because to you, you have you have seen in life that the difference between you and whatever your goal might be is money. Even that happiness that, 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 that you know, uh, sitting in the garden and doing nothing, you think you can achieve it with money. And sure, in that case, you're, the, the road to what you're trying to achieve is, is money. So you say, yeah, sure. I don't care for, you know, if, I, if the values of the company are not aligned with mine. But just as long as I get paid, paid really good, then sure, I'll do my job and I, you know. Yeah, I, that's, that's very I, correct. Like if I were a farmer in the Middle Ages, I wouldn't be tilling the soil thinking, oh man, this really aligns with my values. No, I got to feed my kids. Got to feed myself. I got to uh, live through winter. And that's, you know, that's I'm tilling the soil and uh, we're just making up these stories about, oh yeah, you know, beet farming is so much more meaningful to me than, you know, well, potato farming, although potatoes came if, back what if, you know, later. So what if, what if Philip Morris said, you know, well, we don't pay money, but whatever you do, we're going to pay for it. We're going to pay for it for you. So you sit, you sit in the garden, sure, sit in the garden. I'm not going to give you money, right? All expenses covered? Give yeah, me like, sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, give me what the list of stuff that you want. And if you agree with them, I'm going to just make them happen for you. Yeah, right? part of that would also be a pension plan. I'm not going to work forever. Well, why they pension, do that. Pension yeah, plan sure. Why money. would I need money? Pension plan means money, right? I mean, Yeah, but no, no, no. I, you know, Pension plan to me means they keep covering my expenses after I stop working. I don't need to see yeah. a single dime. I don't yeah. need to see a cent. Yeah. Well, it, if I could, I'm going to wrap really quick. Uh, so, I mean, that's where the world is going, actually, right? The world is going where, you know, instead of Philip Morris, it would be the government saying, look, we're going to cover you, but you come do some work. You know, we're going to give you something to do. Just do it. You're not going to see money anymore, but don't tell me you want three kilos of potato. We're going to give you two kilos because you are family of four and that's going to be enough for you. So you're not going to be like, you know, we're going to distribute it. And the time we have I'm sorry, enough, that doesn't fit in with my dream. I need that three kilos of potatoes. So I'll, that doesn't align with my, uh, with my well, values. With the government uh, does so it. So I just want to add one more thing. Just, just so that, is. you know, if, if my children in the future would ever listen to this, uh, trust me, kids, I would never do a job in which I would feel like I have a conscious, like a, a conscionable um, resentment to it. Like I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating things. Like obviously, like there are things that one couldn't do even if you were paid all the money in the world. Um, so I'm not, you know, that I'm not that type of caricature. But I do believe that if I uh, had no financial problems in the world probably i would i wouldn't have you know gotten out of bed to, to seek gainful employment i'd probably be doing a lot of other things that everybody dreams about like traveling eating nice seeing places and i know med you're gonna say well you're gonna get bored of that stuff well after i'm bored maybe i'll go start finding jobs like maybe i'll become a beet farmer you you, you never know <laughs> but this is a uh, fantasy that um, you know, us working people, we, we have this, 
right? So we, the, you know, the, the world society, as we know, is is stratified, and there are those of us who need to get up and work every day. Whether in the third world where you have less choice, or in the first world where you actually can choose, you can choose where you where you're gonna work. That's the choice you get. You can't choose not to work because you're you might end up in the best case getting two kilos of potatoes while you want three. So you're not gonna get what you want. So as members of this working class that we are in, um, I think that the idea of not talking about money is it's detrimental to us. Um, you know, or maybe it's just that I'm a very lazy person. That that's also possible. Well, let, let's um, let's give Balach. Uh, sorry, I, I you know, go ahead. I just wanted to really appreciate the honesty, um, and I do wish more people would be as honest as as you are about it. Because seeking comfort is definitely one of the one of the things that um, that also drives us, right? We we want to be in a state of homeostasis, in a state where we feel enough things are controlled. So yeah, um, perhaps you and a bunch of other people would rather be comfortable with everything being covered. Um, you would also have other people whose sense of adventure is a is a bit more uh, emphasized. And those would be the ones doing a bit more of the pioneering, risk-taking work. Um, and that's okay. This is all part of life. Um, I wish we were all a bit more honest about what drives us and what would we rather have. Um, and, and that hopefully we come to a point in, in, in our evolution where we are able to at least um, um, share some of the resources so that this, uh, this drive for um, kind of one-upping each other uh, would disappear and that we would still you know find our comforts or find our challenges uh, in the best way possible for sure talking about money is very important money is um, one of the facts of life as it stands you know and um, we, we should all be paid f well enough and fairly well um, fair should be we should be paid in a fair manner which is, I don't believe, happening in most places in the world. That's one thing. And secondly, the sense of adventure, I understand. So if we were all cavemen and we're saying, you know, I'm, we're going to set out on an adventure, go do dangerous things, before I leave on that adventure, I want to make sure that the cave I leave behind is self-sustainable in terms of my, my family. They'll be okay even if something happens to me. My sense of adventure should not come at the cost uh, at the risk of endangering my family. So when you look at successful entrepreneurs, there's a lot of them like, yeah, you know, I did this and I did that, but yeah, I, I got a million from from my parents, uh, or you know, um, yeah, my, my father had a had an emerald mine, but I'm such a successful entrepreneur. Like, stop drinking Starbucks. No, you're you're making it up. You're, you're, you're all making it up. You didn't have to take the risk that somebody that literally starts from the bottom, maybe, you know, has to move to a completely different continent, start life from the, from the bottom of the rung, has not, you know, has nothing on their name. And the, the, the most they climb up to is maybe owning a kebab shop. But that person took bigger risks than you, and, but they didn't get that far. Then you, because you started a completely different place. And this unfairness keeps translating itself not only in, in entrepreneurship or taking adventure, but when you have, uh, you know, this, this uh, safeguards around you, of course you're, you'll, you'll be more adventurous. Give me, give me all the money in the world and look at me do stuff. Like, I'll go to the moon. I'll send people to Mars. Absolutely. And why not? And why not? 
Um, definitely, you know, every time I see these Twitter threads by the multimillionaires, uh, 10 things every entrepreneur needs to know. Um, <laughs> five things somebody had told me when I started at 21 with uh, XYZ amount of money from my friends or family or my Ivy League um, um, batchmates. Um, this is exactly um, what comes to my mind. Um, people are different and in different situations. And there is a certain narrative that we tell each other. Um, highly emphasized in the in the tech industry, starting to get unraveled a bit. People are starting to talk about purpose-driven companies or um, truly um, bootstrapped companies and so on and so forth. So a bit of that, uh, that um, uh, how do you say, it? the veneer is coming off of this single image of an entrepreneur who raises a huge amount of money and is then hugely successful. Um, but also in the rest of life, we, we tell all sorts of stories. You know, you live in a certain country, you have certain duties to that country, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, where a lot of the things are product of circumstances. I think we definitely have a need to tell the other narrative, which is that if you live your authentic life, even if it means earning just enough to be able to afford the cigars to smoke in your 10 by 10 yard, not necessarily three acres with, with a whole cattle ranch on the other side of it. That's okay. Um, that's you. That's you um, living your life peacefully on earth. Um, and that's good that enough. And that's seem, amazing. You know, I, for me, that seems like a coping mechanism because you know it's easier to just buy cigars in a 10 by 10 yard. But what if your dream is to have three acres and a cattle ranch and smoke cigars? And I was like, oh, okay. You know, like, Let's let's Cubans, uh, uh, Cubans, uh, not any cigars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, okay, but I think I've derailed, derailed the conversation far well, enough. Let me let me. So oh, I go, think, go ahead, Matt, let yes. me let me let me kind of uh, put the, the key here. I think I think for a sustainable life, for us to life to be for us and for our kids and, and and to move on with with harmony, I think we should seek justice. And when mm -hmm. I say justice, justice we find it in uh, meritocracy. Mm -hmm. What I mean is that. You are taught if you work hard, you earn more. What happens just gets broken into two, two, two sides, could get broken. This one, um, because everyone would agree with it in general. Everyone would say, Yeah, sure, if I work hard, I should get paid more, or I should earn more, I should, you know, that should happen, right? So, to have that balance, this is what I meant by fairness, yeah, fairness, exactly, yeah, fairness. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, fairness, exactly. The problem is this you have people who are lazy and you want to get more or have greed right you want like the greedy want to get what you have without doing the effort that's one there's so an even laziness. worse problem Matt. there are some people who are just well, maybe smarter than other people and 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 we have to accept that we have to accept that we have in life you have to accept that maybe someone would be have more advantage on something than than you like you know has a bigger advantage than you than and other things maybe some you know you have to accept that first of all. But anyway, we said fairness. Have... We took fairness as a principle. Exactly. How is that fair. That person was born that way, so you know what? You're just gonna make less, and you're never gonna have the ranch. The other person was born what? either more intelligent, or they were born into what? a different. We... So we, the, we, you assume that the starting position is something we we have to accept and deal with it. Whether yeah. you were born into a rich family or you were butter, born with better genes and you were more intelligent, you had more energy, you had more stamina, but. I, but again, in, so, my, in my eyes, that's not fairness. Well, so uh, without bringing in the the afterlife, right? You are looking at things just materially, right? So you think like if you're born to a rich family, you're okay. And here, here what we're saying is like, yeah, you might be you might be uh, 
Well, let me put it this way. If someone is born in the worst country on earth, but they don't have a TV, they don't have radio, they don't see, the, they don't have internet, they don't see the outside. To them, they might feel like they're the richest person in that, in that town. But they, they mm -hmm. don't have it that good because they haven't seen the outside. So maybe there's even better than what you imagine now. You know, the, the cigars are going to be smoking. and, and I understand. So, that's let me, only let me an just... academic point in that, you know, that the people we talk about, we all know what's possible in the world. And especially thanks to social media, we see people, you know, uh, living a completely different life or at least projecting a different life than, than we have. This, of course, drives us because if what we can't, what we don't know, we cannot want, right? That's that's a good point, Matt. Well, but I'm, what generally I'm saying speaking, is, we, yeah. in this connected world, uh, you know, people in Tanzania have access to the same social media than you. And even if they lived in that small village and they couldn't know more, right now they do know more. And they are at a disadvantage. And to me, that's where you, you know, when you bring in fairness, you know, the, but... But okay, you think gonna... it's a disadvantage because you you have you use a scale that's different than theirs. And that's what I'm trying to say. But anyway, let me, please. Uh, so I said, there are people that would say that would be lazy. So they don't want to, you don't want that, 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 you know, for, for this much effort, you get this much. You don't like it. So they don't want that. They're going to complain. And then you have people who are greedy, right? They're on top, but... They don't want other people to do the same effort and get the same thing. And these two kind of 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 of, uh, of sides or two kind of edges, they kind of mess up the harmony that the world would have if it was just. I have a very different um, thing to add to this conversation because fairness is is a as a concept defined by um, perhaps let's say the majority of the powerful throughout history. Um, the uh, or at least implemented in that way. And um, just to add a bit more thing to the meritocracy and work part of thing, um, the Nazis had had it written on the gates of some of the concentration camps, work will set you free. Um, you know, the, the and then uh, a lot of the factory systems were built around the idea that people are inherently lazy. These are all blanket statements. Um, and often people love to talk about all sorts of other people, how they have it, you know, 50 years ago or in, in the third world or in a little village. I do think that the world would just be a lot better place if we all honestly just talked about ourselves clearly, first and foremost. What is it that I want? What is it that you want? What is holding you back? Why would you not take the steps towards um, setting up the world as a, as a more just place according to, to what you see fit? At least it may not be a nicer place. It may be that one of us turns out to be the next big tyrant because we have a skewed way of how life should be. But at least it'll be a more honest place. And perhaps if enough people were more honest about what is it that they truly want and need, we might just have a bit more um, of peace in life with all its complexity. Because if I look at um, humanity and people, human beings in general, you know, when somebody is um, stressed out and unhappy and depressed, what do they do? They go away from belonging. They develop health issues. They take, uh, they get into addictions. Um, they don't live a happy life. Their closed ones and loved ones would look at them and go like, I wish this person was able to just smile. On the other end, when somebody is actually at ease, they're generally playful, creative, considerate. Um, they live life according to their way. It's, it, it is not necessarily successful, but they find their way. Um, so there is, a, there is a certain thing that is baked into our biology. Our happy state or our good state is that of 
um, playful, creative belonging, uh, which always seeks this balance between ease, comfort, and adventure. Uh, and if we were a bit more honest, we might just do that. And it is successful. I, I would just say no, it's not successful, by the way. Yeah? The only reason I said earlier not successful for a company because the company's definition of success would be in, in the profits. But in this case, I would say it's even successful if someone is playful and, and joyful and go about their life uh, uh, with with uh, uh, um, self-fulfilled, you know, they, they don't feel like they need anything else, they, they're liking anything else. They, uh, But again, also life is also not going to be always, uh, we should not expect the person to be always happy, smiling, no, there should be some ups and downs. Just we don't want extremes. <laughs> we don't <laughs> exactly. want you know, you know, you know, pulling your 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 teeth and, and pulling your hair. You know, you know, or like really too happy where to the point where, you know. Indeed, with- indeed. And Med, you mentioned afterlife. Um, one of these days, I would love to talk to you also about tree life. That's also an interesting um, concept to, sure. to to explore. Sure. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay. We talked about a lot of things, and one of the things we actually talked about, or at least we use the word fairness. Now I'm going to be very unfair to you, Balaj, and I'm going to ask you to um, uh, recap this uh, this episode for us. So, what did we talk about? What did you take away from this? <laughs> All right, I, that is the one part I forgot uh, to remember from listening to your other podcasts. Um, I think we touched upon some very interesting and important topics to to us as uh, as people, as human beings, um, and and parts of our lives. Right? What is it that we really well and truly want? Uh, we talked about it more recently now, um, and also what is it that uh, that perhaps brings us closer to that in the workplace? Um, this idea of meaningfulness um, rather than uh, surface happiness um, and where that comes from, um, the idea of uh, aligning on values and, and purpose and having enough autonomy um, to, to, to explore and take decisions and, um, and perhaps be challenged in the way that we wish to be challenged, um, how money is not the best incentivizer. Um, there's, um, these, for me, were, were very important um, topics. Um, we also touched upon how our personalities in this complex world are competing uh, with all the influences coming in. That can be a whole whole um, podcast or multiple pod- podcasts in itself. I think what I, what I take away for me personally um, as a reminder out of this is... Um, is to have more of these conversations in real life as well um, and to come closer to who is it that, that we are and we wish to be um, because we are always in this being and becoming um, um, tussle as well. And that this would also happen in companies um, because we do spend a lot of time in those kind of constellations um, and that this would um, hopefully make for a bit more peaceful and honest world. Thank you. Um, Med, do you have uh, final remarks? Uh, no, I want to thank Balaj for this, um, you know, very uh, interesting and uh, 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 insightful uh, talk we had. Uh, we, we brought up the word um, uh, happiness, um, and, um, and 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 I agree with Balaj what he said. As far as it's a word that uh, has different meanings, but I do, I do, I do, um, I do ask everyone actually to to. Uh, know the difference between between happiness and pleasure 
and and because that's important an important uh, concept uh, and you should not be mixed uh, because that ends up in not being happy <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's that's it okay well um i i want to remind everyone um just do what you want to do like um everybody has a world vision the three of us here we we said things but um at the end of the day if you have extreme ups and downs kudos to you that's your life and that's beautiful um this eternal search for stability and joy i think it's it's bs um if your if your life is stormy that's a beautiful thing and you might suffer more than other people or you might enjoy more than other people or there there might be some kind of imbalance that doesn't make it less valuable um and i would not advise uh to to seek stability as the source of of uh this is my personal opinion as well and i'm really um weirded out by this episode that's what balaj does by the way he weirds things out (laughs) so this has been a very very weird episode but i enjoyed it a lot thank uh thank you both of you very much um so um Balaj, if people would like to get in touch with you to get weirded out even more, where, where should they find you? Well, you can easily find me uh, on my website. It's balaj.de, B-A-L-A-C-H dot D-E. Um, or if you look for my name, Balaj Hussain, on LinkedIn, you will find me. Um, or just get in touch with uh, Med and Errol, and they will tell you where to find me. Okay. We'll definitely also um, put the links in the in the LinkedIn post for this. Okay, Master Med, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on uh, my website. Uh, that's madmed.com, uh, M-A-D-M-E-D.com. Okay. My name is Errol Baikal. As always, you can find me on baikal.be. That's B-A-Y-K-A-L.be. Thanks a lot for uh, listening to us. And let's hope we wake up tomorrow to a fairer world than we did today. Bye all. Amen. Thank you guys.